0: The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Scipio. The number one challenge every salesperson faces right now is how to have more conversations with more potential customers and land more appointments. And that's why you've got to go check out Scipio today. I've had too many sales leaders tell me how Scipio has transformed their ability to make contact with customers faster and easier than ever before that I had to go check them out myself. Salespeople using Scipio see a 5x improvement in landing appointments and a 40% lift in show rates. And that means more conversations, which we all know means more sales. Listen, everything has changed in the last year. And that means the way you connect with customers needs to change too. Scipio has the best automated texting platform for building personalized relationships at scale that I have ever seen. But don't take my word for it. Head over to Scipio at Scipio.com and use the code SPRINGFREE for one month on the plan of your choice, courtesy of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Again, that's Scipio, S-K-I-P-I-O.com and use SPRINGFREE to find out just how good a modern messaging platform can be. The Sales Leadership Podcast is also brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. We're all facing new challenges, and if you need someone to talk shop with, I've got you. If you want to become an elite, legendary sales leader for the team you lead, hit me up. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen, and remember, don't worry, we got you. We got you. Hello and welcome to the sales leadership podcast where high growth sales leaders share high growth practices and tactics. Today we are joined by a living sales legend. Okay, (laughs) one of the rare repeat visitors to our show. Keith Rosen is one of the top sales leadership experts in the world. Since 1989, he's worked with over 3 million salespeople and sales managers in practically every industry worldwide. I'm talking about six continents, 75 countries. He has seen all things come, all things go, and helped people win in every era there has been. Keith helps develop coaches that change lives, build healthy companies as managers, and ultimately transform these managers to world-class coaches who develop sales champions. Listen, Keith's won nearly every sales leadership uh, award and coaching award that's ever been awarded. He's an expert. He is the very best I know of at this topic. He is, no, Keith, I love it, man. He is what he does, right? You know, it's what he does. It's what he writes about. It's what he speaks about. He's authored two best best-selling books. uh, And the most recent one, 2019, was called Sales Leadership. It was the number one book of the year in sales. And now is listed as one of the top 100 sales books of all time. Now, for those of you who are new to the show, Keith joined us like a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. It was Mm -hmm. one of the best episodes we ever had. Personally now, I look to Keith as one of the people I turn to for where the coaching world's going. He helps me do what I do, and if you don't follow him yet, you need to. I've been looking forward and working my guts out to get him back on this show for a long time. He's the best I know at this, but he's an even better human being. Honestly, we need more Keith Roses in the world. So buckle up, everyone. It's going to be a fantastic discussion. Keith, welcome to our show. Thanks for joining oh. us.
1: Rob, always a pleasure to be back been too long
0: <laughs> thank you my friend uh lots changed since we talked last time huh that's certainly an understatement <laughs> why don't you start we you know the, the show grows fast keith i'm grateful and i'm humbled so many sales leaders around the world are listening to us um our people know us we will we're quickly approaching 500,000 downloads of our show oh, so far yeah so it's cool. congratulations thank you But I'd like you to introduce profit builders and what you do for your clients to kick this whole thing off because we have such a bigger listenership than we did last time you were here.
1: Oh wow! Um, I think you did a great job. Uh, If I was to paraphrase what you did, uh, you did do it better than me. But uh, for the last since 1989, um, I have been blessed to honor my core values uh, and aligning them with what I do every day, which is um, my family. Uh, making an impact, contribution, connecting, innovating, uh, and just being selfless and delivering as much as I can to help people make a difference. So that's that's what I do. What does that result in? It results in, I don't train people. (laughs) People like, Keith, do you do sales training? Do you do leadership training? Do you do time management training? Nope. I do transformational work. So I don't train people, I transform them. So whether it's a sales team, whether it's a sales leadership team, I take them from where they are now, Uh, to where they want to be by having both of them become world-class coaches. And that's really the new competitive edge today. I I knew
0: you would say something like that. I think you're right. I think how you lead and how you coach is your most defensible competitive advantage, Mm -hmm. period. But that's changed. and And so I love that we don't have to have a big long time building up. Like, listen, if you haven't listened to Keith's, Uh, initial episode. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. So you can go listen to round one. Round one was amazing. But round two is going to be even more amazing because Keith, I want to start by something I've heard you say, you and I talked about before we started recording today. And it's a version of this. If you haven't changed how you lead, you're in trouble. You're already behind, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different iterations of that. We talked about that for a moment. Let's deconstruct that statement today on this episode, shall we? Yeah. If you haven't changed, You're behind, you're in trouble, you're behind. So where would you start with that? What kind of things are we talking about? Because so much has changed.
1: Well, I would say, you know, Robin, I know you're, you like your statistics as well. So I'll throw something at, I know you'll, you'll be interested in, but I mean, let's face it. If you're still selling and managing the way you were a year or two years ago, you're already setting yourself up for failure. Okay. And I'll give you a statistic to prove that 76% of all global companies since the pandemic have changed the way they buy. Procurement has changed. Uh, Decision-making authority has changed. The number of decision-makers have changed. Uh, Purchasing uh, conditions have changed, factors, okay? But check this out. Only 17% of companies have changed the way they sell. Whoa. If that doesn't give every organization, the impetus and the fuel enough to stop and take a step back and say, we can't keep doing more of the wrong thing faster. We're just going to fail faster. So you, you look at that and now you go to the next level and you say, okay, you have 76% of companies that have changed the way they sold. You have 70, 7, 17% of companies that have, excuse me, 17% of companies changed the way they sold. 76% of companies changed the way they buy and check this out. Over 47% of managers have never been trained on how to sell or coach remotely. So now, what does it all come down to? It comes down to the manager. On a good day, managers don't coach well, okay? Now, with all the things, remote world, building relationships on a one-dimensional screen, managers are struggling. And if they're struggling, their salespeople are struggling as well.
0: What a great, I mean, not great. That's... scary set of statistics, but like it gets your attention, man. I mean, that that's got my attention. So, uh, only 17 have changed how they sell. Why do you think that is?
1: I think, I think there's a lot of, um, well, put it this way. When I, what is it? 14, 15 months. I haven't been out of my house. And when I say not out of my house, I'm talking not out of my town. Uh, so, um, and I know many could, could, could attest to that. Uh, When the pandemic hit and the lockdown started, um, and I'll give you an extreme example. I have had clients in certain industries say, Keith, we were literally told from senior leadership to stop selling. Yeah. Wow. Why? And of course, they're like, well, because we don't know. How to sell? We don't. We, we're used to being in front of our clients. We we often don't have a luxury uh, like many uh, customers, many companies that that could do you know virtual sales. So so it's it's um it's really really taken an impact in in uh, not only for them to look for a new way of selling, but where are they looking? They're looking at their manager. Right. Where is a manager looking at their manager? And they're going and like guess this. What? There's no, there's no playbook today on how to build an organization through a pandemic and a post-pandemic. There's no rule book play on how to sell and coach through a pandemic. That's why I created this stuff. This is why we're talking. Because right. at, the, at the end of the day, Robin, we talked about this before. It's, it's the conversations that managers and salespeople are not having that need to change.
0: I love that. We did talk about that before. We're going to come back to the conversations that they're not having that need to change. But I took a few notes down, man. I'm already burning up my notepad over here, of the things that we're <laughs> going to be talking about, as you can see all the notes I've already got here. Um, I want to start with the first thing you talked about. You said only 47%, uh, 47% have never been trained how to uh, lead remotely. Let's talk about remote leadership versus the way we used to. Is there like two or three things that you would say, listen, we could talk for an hour on this. Here's two or three things that if you want to change your remote leadership game, here's a couple of places to start.
1: Oh, absolutely, Robin. You might have to cut me off on this one. Well, let's go. So, uh, uh, okay. Let's, let's just, let's back up. Only 1% of all companies prior to the pandemic had a true coaching culture. 1%, less than 1%. How do I know that? Because when I ask a manager, do you love your job? Do you have a team of, of independent, self-driven, accountable, inspired people that are thrilled to collaborate with you, their peers, and their customers. If you don't have that, you're not coaching, okay? Most managers, especially today, unfortunately, when we'll talk about confidence, because confidence, CEO confidence is at an all-time low, okay? So that, that impacts our sales managers, which then flows down to our sales people. So before the pandemic, as I said, managers still weren't coaching. Okay, now, how are they coaching in the new world? How can they increase in engagement when Oh, by the way, the level of disengagement is the highest ever. It's 84% of the of the population of employees are disengaged at the workplace. Now, That's costing companies billions of dollars a year. And what I find, which blows my mind, is they keep focusing on technology and refining technology and how they could streamline, but they're not focusing on making a human being a better human being. And that's what people want today, all right? It doesn't matter if, if you're a client or a prospect. You know, it's not about pitching people anymore. It's about connecting with people at a deeper level by changing the conversation. So when you change the conversations, you change the outcome. So I'm going to give you one example here of of what um, a manager could do to help re-engage their team, help connect them back so they don't feel so isolated and help improve their performance and productivity. And again, managers, it wouldn't even be in front of their line of vision because they wouldn't even think of it because they're not getting coached on this. And it's, and it's a conversation really about that talk about performance, but listen, I'm living in your home right now, Rob, right. you're living in my home right now. Right. Okay. And, and, and we are now, have a level of exposure in our customers lives and our prospects lives and our vendors lives, uh, in, in our peers lives and our direct reports lives that we've never had before. And what's happening is managers are now in their home and their people are in their home and managers are sitting there and, and they're, they're, they're observing their direct reports, for example. And let's say, for example, you know, I feel blessed. I have a home office, uh, but some, most people don't. And most people are either working out of their kitchen or they're yep. working out of their bedroom or uh, they're working out of their closet. Yep. And uh, you can imagine there's a lot of distractions out there. And the problem is, is that managers don't even think to have this personal conversation with their people, aside from the fact they don't know how, which I'm going to share with you how in a moment. Yep. It's very difficult for a manager to give what their employees need most when they're not getting it themselves. Will you say that one more time?
0: That's such a good point. I want you to say that one more time, uh, if you don't mind.
1: Okay, you do know I'm in a Zen stream of consciousness and I can't always remember what I say, but I'll do my best. Okay, Uh, (laughs) I love it, man. It's very difficult to give what you don't get yourself. Right, so So if my people need that deeper connection, that deeper connection of human connection, authenticity, not help on sales, not help on organization, but just connecting as a human being, if the manager isn't getting that, then how can they see it when their people need it? So the conversation I'd like to share, Robin, and, and by the way, ping me with this, I'm happy to share this template with all of your listeners. I'm happy to share uh, uh, some downloads that they can get as well, Beautiful this conversation, which yeah. is this. If you're one of my direct reports, this is what it would sound like. You know, hey, Rob, listen, what I want for you and, and uh, what I want for your family is for you to not only achieve the goals that you want in your career, but also, you know, with all of us living at home and working through this pandemic still thrive at home, still have an enjoyable balanced life. And I don't know about you, but I know I'm struggling through that as well. And I was hoping to have a conversation with you about what you're doing to best balance your life at home, how you're taking care of yourself, how you're taking care and honoring your priorities. um, So I can learn from you and I could share a few things that I've been doing that maybe could benefit from you as well. Would you be open to having that conversation? So time out, everyone. Anyone who's read my book knows what I just did. It's the art of enrollment. Setting positive intent. If you don't set intentions, the human condition defaults to fear managers. If intentions aren't clear, people default to fear. If you have an initiative, if you want people to do something, you better not just stop at what you need to do. You better let them know why, and you better let them know what's in it for them. Because if they don't connect to the with them, what's in it for me, Sure, you could play the power card as the boss and say, because I told you so. But go back to that level of disengagement that we have today. 84%. There's a reason. So now that I've positioned this conversation and the person knows my positive intent, now I'm going to coach them. I'm going to ask them questions like so. Not just what's working well for you. How are things going? But yeah. where are you struggling most? Um, how are you turning off at the end of the day? How are you defining work and separating that line between your your personal responsibilities, your priorities and your values with your work? You know, I have this saying, either you're either you're either you're working at home or you're living at work.
0: Mm, that's so, so good.
1: You know, if if people really aren't taking the time to and again, we're talking time management, self-management, another thing that most of the world struggles with. Again. And now here we are, where there is no personal life, there is no professional life, there's just life. We need to recreate our boundaries. We need to create a new routine. And other converse- questions I would ask would be things like how are you honoring your priorities? How are you taking care of yourself? What's your self care regimen? You know, how, what would um, you like to see in terms of a cadence of how you and I connect? How often would you like to connect with the team? What's going to make you feel engaged and supported, so that I can be the best manager and coach for you? There's so I no like this,
0: to, Jeff. I mean, Keith, I want to push pause for a second. I, yeah, I, there's no I, manager you, on the
1: planet having this conversation.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like you're preaching. I feel like I want to stand up and give an amen right now, man. And um, and I want to push pause for our listeners that are that are taking this in. I want to make sure I got this real clear and 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 put it into a soundbite that our listeners. Cause they're, I used to say that they were driving to work, man, or they were whatever. Now, now they're like on a walk or they're, you know, whatever. It's just, they, they're, they're, it's different.
1: Hey man, my commute is from my, my bedroom yeah.
0: to my yeah. office. Right. I'm with you, man. And, uh, and, and with, a uh, hopefully you're plugging in one of those guitars every now and then as well. Oh, every self-care. day,
1: every right. hey man, practice self-care. What kind That's of coach right. would I be if I didn't practice what
0: I preach? That's right, man. Um, so you got, so you got to drink your own wine. And so I'll play you um, on well, music. There you go. So for our listeners, the the biggest change is, in my mind, that I love as I've taken down these notes when I'm listening to if I got it right, more of an emphasis on their life in general and the human being in general rather than the pipeline or the deal or the production function. I mean, those are part of the person but not the only thing. And so we're putting – I've heard a few people say this. So this is going to sound like a, a – buzzword, I don't want it to be, but putting that person back into salesperson, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the biggest emphasis is don't just make it about the work. Uh, we got to make sure that the person is getting better. And as that happens, the work will as well. Am I, am I getting that
1: right? Spot on. And I, and managers need to also understand, you know, don't combine these personal conversations with a pipeline review and a performance review. Okay. don't don't go into a conversation like this from coming from a total selfless place, unconditionally supportive. And at the end of this conversation, so, hey, let's talk about your performance now and now why your numbers are down. You've just absolutely destroyed the sanctity of that conversation. Just like coaching is only about the coachee. And when you have a coaching conversation, that's all you're accomplishing in that meeting. Don't combine it. Don't think you're being efficient by, hey, half the meeting is coaching. Half the meeting is going to be about performance and a pipeline review. Your people are going to think you're schizophrenic. Okay? So remember, coaching is sacred. The other thing I want to mention is, to your point, is coaching equals caring. The definition of coaching is the art of creating new possibilities.
0: Ooh, I like that.
1: equals caring. The definition of selling is the art of creating new possibilities. So now let's bring this home. What is every company's new competitive edge? I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and preach coaching most of the time on this session, but I will say it's not training your salespeople to be better salespeople. It's transforming your salespeople to be a consultative coach for their customers. So they're now coaching customers to succeed. And why is that so important? for the same reason why if I was a manager and you were a direct, I need to have this personal connection with you. Well, that doesn't change with my clients. They're struggling. They're living at home. They're feeling disconnected. Uh, you know, I can't, I lost count and I just had one this morning. Uh, we were supposed to be talking about, uh, you know, rolling out a global initiative for, for coaching their uh, managers. But for the first half hour, we're like, Hey, Keith, you play guitar. I play the drums. He plays the saxophone. Let's do a virtual jam.
0: But- By the way, that sounds like our conversation
1: when we started today. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and you know what? We will do that virtual jam. But, yes. my, po- but my point is, my friend is that. We have never had so much exposure into people's homes as we have now. Yeah. You're living in my home. You're in my home office, my, my studio, my happy place, okay? Yes. Um, you can't hide unless you're behind a green screen. And just like the conversation I just shared where I say coaching is caring, and, and the new the new main corporate value today, and I, and I know I get pushback from this so we can explore this, is love. That's Tell me why main, you say that.
0: Let's talk about
1: that. I want to talk. The about Main that. corporate value today is love, and put, let's put a pin on that because I want to go back to with okay. uh, we're okay. talking about the customers. Is that um, since customers are going through the same thing that we are, uh, they don't want to be pitched. They want to be supported. So that same conversation that managers are having with their uh, employees and their salespeople is the same conversation a salesperson needs to have with their with their with their customers and their prospects. And you know what? If you're afraid to have it, well, then don't just sit here and tell me, oh, I'm a relationship builder. Oh, the most important thing that I do in sales is build relationships. Well, guess what? If you're reluctant to have this personal conversation with your, with your um, uh, prospects and customers, I challenge you on the type of relationship you really have with them. Because now you can connect deeper. After all, if I was a manager and I'm having a one-on-one conversation with one of my directs and I'm observing that clearly they haven't showered in a week. They're wearing the same dirty shirt that they've worn for the last two weeks. Their office or wherever they are is in shambles. They're working out of their closet. Dogs are running around. Children are screaming. Okay, full disarray. Are you telling me that as a manager, I'm supposed to sit here and say, okay, so a really good meeting. Have a great day. Love it. Think about all the opportunities that that manager just missed to best support that person unconditionally. This is why I say the core value is love and care. And I'm not talking about interpersonal relationship. I'm talking about love, the love we have for people, the love we have for our company, the love we have for our customers, the love we get when we deliver a value, the love we get, the love we feel when we make an impact. That's the kind of love that I'm talking about. And we cannot avoid it because the companies that are adopting this, they're the ones that are thriving right now. So, so, you know, going back to um, uh, what I was saying before about these conversations, I just want to be mindful and let managers know that if you're thinking about, I know all managers, most of them are coming from a good place, Rob. And I know a lot of them are thinking, this is a great conversation I have to have, but do I need to bring HR into this conversation? It sounds really, really personal. Um, You know, do I need to bring them in and have this conversation? Because before, this would be an HR conversation. Well, forget about inhuman resources for a second. This is about connecting with people on a deeper level today.
0: I love it. So good, Keith. I mean, that's such a. You're right. That is a big change. That's a massive change. And so, in the world of leading virtually, it's it's as much it's the it's the focus point. It's not a technique or a tool. It's what you talk about. It's what you emphasize. It's what you connect to and ground to, right?
1: It's who you are, right, Rob? It's how you show up. We talked about that before. Yeah. Right. So, you know, the best coaches I know are the ones that are selfless. The best leaders I know are selfless leaders. The best leaders I know put their people first. People before profit, you know, and that's so easy to say. And, you know, I mean, you and I could probably talk about this on another call. You know, go on any company's website. You'll find their vision statement, right? You'll find their yeah. personal values. Yeah.
0: So here, you think, here, you I think have they're
1: living them up? You think they're living their vision and values now? <laughs> Come on. So because have, if they were, if they were, they'd be thriving.
0: You're right. So that's what I want. I've got one thing more. I want to talk about this. And then with the little time we have, I want to shift to this one of the things you talked about. I, I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, I got, how do I use the time that we have left? Cause I could talk to you for a long time, man. Um, how do I, I, do how another I one we will, you're, you're going to be like a regular repeater. So I want to talk first, but then we're going to shift to how you make yourself like, cause I think that this new world of coaching requires the leaders to better what you just said, do these things themselves, right? So mm-hmm. I want to talk about that in a second. We'll get to the self-care, yeah. it's on the time, yeah. all that sort of stuff. But I want, to, I want to address something you hit early on. Less than 1% of companies have a coaching culture. You know, my, Jim Dickey, a friend, I think, to both of us, mm. told me once that he, in research, he did, less than 3% even have a coaching process, right? Oh. Everyone has a sales process. Less than 3% have a coaching process, which is why nobody has a coaching culture. And, but here's the thing that I want to go to. In work that I've seen done uh, by Gong and some other people, over 80% of leaders self-identify as I got coaching on lock. I'm good at it, okay? I'm really good at this. I and When you ask them, it's, well, I know every deal. You know, I know this. I know this. I. I it's, it's about what they know. But when you ask the reps that work for them, only 13% say the coaching I get is helpful. Any thoughts about that gap, that disconnect? I think it might be the biggest case of mistaken identity in business history, right? Yeah, that yeah. Leaders say, I got this. But guys like you that are experts at it say, no, less than 1% do. And the reps that are receiving it are like, I still feel kind of on my own. And what you call coaching, I call inspection, right? Bang.
1: And thank you. Call out to Jim for for, value, for validating this, okay? Yeah. But, but here's the thing. And I'll tell you exactly what the problem is, is, is that again, you know, if there's 80% of managers who think they got this coaching, I'm going to go off on a limb and challenge those 80, 80% and say maybe
0: 2%. I agree. I maybe agree.
1: 2%. I'm being generous. Yeah. Because if it, it was 80%, then you wouldn't have the 13% of their employees saying the coaching's ineffective. And how about this? Hey, hey, I was in Egypt delivering a program, Rob, one time. It was day one. Back in the day, I can't wait to get into Side note, can't wait to get into an airport, everyone. Uh, but I was in Egypt, okay? And uh, the pleasure of working with a wonderful team of leaders. Before we got started, one of the managers walked up to me. And he said, Keith, I don't want to be in your course. It's not against you. Nothing against you. I don't want to learn how to coach. Think about what he said. I don't want to learn how to coach, Rob. Now, of course, as a coach, I had to say, well, help me understand why. Why? Yeah, Why? Because in my head, I'm like... There is only one way to build a thriving culture and increase engagement and a level of health and happiness, and that's through coaching in any organization. So I'm thinking here, why wouldn't you want – why don't you want to learn how to be coached? And this is what he said. He said, because, Keith, when my manager coaches me, I just feel like he's manipulating me, and I don't want to learn how to manipulate people. And that is my point. Most people have no idea what coaching really is. Now, fortunately, that manager, I enrolled him to stay. And of course, two days later, we're hugging it out because he says, Keith, this is what I was looking for. This is what I really wanted to do as a leader. Every leader I know wants to help other people be successful, but you can't help other people be successful by doing their damn job for them. Right. So, you know, I want to answer your question, Rob. So where's the breakdown? The breakdown is this most companies have no clue what coaching is. Okay. And I'll, and I'll give you one of the million examples I've had over the last several years. There I am having a conversation with, you know, the CSO or, you know, global VP of sales and enablement. And we're all, we're all on the call here. And, and we're having a conversation about, okay, Keith, we know coaching is important. We're aware we haven't nailed it down. Uh, That's why we're reaching out for you. We don't want to try to reinvent this in the company because we don't have the intellectual property. So, you know, we really want you to help us. Now here it is. We want you to help have our, have our managers coach 70% of the time. Now you're smiling. I know you're smiling for a reason because you and I are aligned. So here I am thinking, okay, you want your managers to coach 70% of the time. Okay. Got it. Got it. How much are they coaching now? I don't know. Okay. Okay. No problem. No problem. Okay. So let's go with a zero on that one. Okay. um, Now I'm curious. uh, We have about 10 people on this call. Um, You're all from the same company, right? Yeah. Okay. What's your universal definition of coaching that everyone is aligned with in your organization? Hmm. We don't have one. Uh, Okay. Well, there's the first problem. Uh, Because if you go around the room and ask a proverbial room and you ask 30 managers what coaching means and how they coach, you're going to get 30 different responses. Okay, And then I hit them with this. Guys, if you're telling me you want your managers to coach 70% of the time, you have no idea what coaching is. Because coaching is not something you do to someone. Coaching is not an event. Coaching is not like you're my direct report and you come to me and I say, wait a second, Rob, I got to go put my coaching, coaching hat on hat right on now. Here. Okay, right. here I am. I'm a coach. No. Coaching is who you are. How you show up. That's what coaching's about. And at the end of the day, my job is to make managers' jobs easier, not more difficult. It's not something you have to do more. It's not another checklist on your KPIs. It's not another thing you have to do. It's just a language. Coaching isn't a language. It's not like you have to increase coaching 70, 80, 90%. You're coaching all the time because every conversation is a coaching conversation.
0: You're right. Because too many people think coaching is only the formal coaching exercises, right? Right. The, the blend of formal and informal needs to work together. And you're right. It is who you are. and I love that. So what a great, thank you for addressing that, man. That's oh, yeah, so helpful. Um, let's talk about in the last bit of time we have the, the other side of what you mentioned, like how does a leader have to make sure that they are, coaching ready. How do you, and I don't want to be like, again, that metaphor of you got to put the oxygen on yourself before you can put it on someone else. What do they have to do different? I don't want to just talk in buzzwords. One of the things I love about you is you're so concrete. So many people talk about coaching theoretically because they aren't you. And you've been doing this better and longer than anyone else. You've watched it evolve. You've led the charge of, you know, what good coaching is. You can give that definition. And right now, as people have had to change, how have managers had to change who they are so they can fill this role?
1: Mm, yeah, wow. Um, I'm going to try to laser it. I'm going to ask you to coach me on which way you want to go. Okay. So we got fear in there. We got confidence and we got strategy. So notice here, you got two inner games, inner games of, of leadership and then you have the outer game, which is strategy. Um, I'm going to give every manager right now a coaching strategy they can use right now in every conversation, and I'm going to deliver it to you in less than 60 seconds. And no manager, this, and the reason why I created this, Rob, is I got so damn tired of hearing all these managers say, "I don't know how," I don't have time to coach. Oh, yes. If you have time to, to talk, if you have time to give an answer, you have time to ask a question. So, managers, here we go. The 60-second coaching strategy you can use in every conversation when someone comes to you looking for help. So there you are. Rob comes to me. Hey, boss, you know, I'm working on this deal. Uh, it's looking like it comes down to a pricing issue. Procurement <clears throat> wants two more discount points. What do I do? Now, of course, typically the manager would say, okay, I'll tell you what. Let me jump in. I'll call procurement and see what I can do. No, not, now you're just the hero and doing their job here's how you respond. (laughs) Take a step back, move away from being the chief problem solver, because you cannot scale dependency. Okay, so now respond with this. Hey, Rob, thanks for coming to me. I really appreciate it. Of course, I'll share my opinion with you. I'm happy to do so. However, you're a lot closer to this and this situation than I am. And I trust you and I trust your judgment. So what's your opinion on how to move forward and resolve this? I actually what think, and I'm thinking. from New York, I think that took less than 30 seconds. Yeah. So um, any managers there have 30 seconds to coach? Any, anyone there? Anyone? Anyone doesn't have 30 seconds, then you better call me, okay? Because we have other problems we got to talk about.
0: Yeah. I love that. So that is such a great – because you know what? One of my beliefs – I have my Jepson's 22 Laws of Leadership. And, and law number three is leaders on pedestals make easy targets – and so what you're saying is take yourself off the pedestal. I tell you, I'll tell you, tell you what, my add. friend.
1: No, I say take out a hammer and smash that pedestal. Yeah, baby. Smash that, <laughs> smash that soapbox because managers, if you're preaching to your people, yeah. they're not listening.
0: Yeah. That's a great strategy. So fear, confidence, and strategy were your three things. You gave us a great strategy piece. So I love that. Let's address the other two really quickly. How yeah. do you eliminate fear? Any thoughts around that? No, well, where probably. does fear come from as a coach?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, You you talk about fear and confidence and, and happiness. One of my favorite quotes is by an Arabic philosopher, Hafez. And uh, he says, I am happy before I have a reason. I love that quote. So, so if we stop and think about that, I am happy before I have a reason. Well, let's look at confidence first for a second, because confidence is broken. The entire world has been lied to about how you develop confidence. Confidence is a social construct. Okay. So now everyone here. Okay. Now call me if, if if you don't agree with this is when I ask anyone, how do you build confidence? Rob, what do they say? What do they say? How do they build confidence? It's well,
0: doing, doing, go do something, go create easy. success. Yeah. Go find. Yeah. It's doing.
1: Yeah. So if go. I do and I achieve, what yeah. happens to my confidence goes, goes up. up. Close a deal do and you
0: fail, then that, guess it means you're less confident, and that's exactly where right. the problem comes.
1: So now, notice what happens: you, you, a salesperson, close a deal, confidence goes up, confidence goes up, close another deal. Uh oh, miss a deal, confidence drops, confidence yeah. drops, and miss another deal. And by the way, if anyone wants to know, uh, you don't have to look this up. The secret uh, and the cause of a sales slump, I just gave it to you right there. It's not always activity, and it's not always how they do it but how they think that changes everything. So Keith, I love
0: this because if you are good as a salesperson, you're going to have somewhere in the 30% win rate. That's what you're going to have. Like you got some, you got, a, you got, it looks like is that Mariano Rivera behind you there on your
1: wall. Yeah, walk. you got it. Good. eye.
0: Yeah. Right. yeah. And so I'm a baseball guy.
1: You, know, you, need to th- you see my uh, Derek Jeter autograph over here? Oh dude, I love it, man. <laughs> hey I'm man, the Dodgers two things that bring, that bring the world together, music, music and sports, and re- right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so I, I, I'm a baseball
0: guy. I'm a Dodgers fan. And, and, um, one of my great professional career moments was when I took a team of 12 year olds, I'm the first coach from Utah to win the little league world series. And so oh, wow. yeah, we'll talk about that. time. But what I had to teach those kids was the same thing. You know, in professional baseball, if you hit 300, you're a star. So, so two thirds of the time you will fail. If you're awesome, same in sales. If you're in a 30 to 30% win rate, you're doing really well. Okay. And that means if your confidence is based on your wins instead of your losses, that's a construct that doesn't work. And exactly so I exactly
1: right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. So what we have done is we have surrendered just like happiness. We surrender our internal condition to external situations. We're actually surrendering our personal power to external forces that we have no control over. We're giving up our self-worth and self-esteem to external results. That makes no sense. So I'm gonna give everyone a different definition of confidence. And by the way, this is not a go-do, everyone. This is the go-be. This is shifting your mindset and Ooh. it's changing the way you believe about confidence. Here we go. I am confident because I'm confident. I am confident because I have already proven myself and my self-worth without the evidence to support it. Now, before anyone stops the podcast now and says, Keith, come on, are you telling me I could just be confident and just be an underperformer? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, your results and performance no longer have a relationship with your self-worth and confidence. So it's not like, well, Keith, you're telling me I've proven myself, you know, I've I, without evidence to support it. Are you telling me I shouldn't still strive for excellence? Absolutely not. You're still going to strive for excellence. You're still going to push yourself to be the best you that you can be. And as a leader, you're going to challenge your people to pick out and pull their greatest potential out so they could live it today. But that has no reflection of your confidence. It's distinct. So don't allow external situations to dictate your internal condition. It's a choice. So it's a duality. You choose to be confident because you've proven yourself. You have. While still striving for greatness.
0: Last question on this then, and this is different because we'd shifted over to making – and we're out of time. We ran out of time. I knew we freaking would. I'm sorry. Let's we'll keep so, so. going. We'll keep going. Yeah. To our listeners, I'm going to get you some bonus time. This is going to be the encore. We, if, if you're only listening to the audio, Keith has the greatest collection of, of guitars behind him. For those of you that will see the video snippets, you'll already see what I'm talking about. So this is the first, this is the first encore. So we're at, we're at, we talked about Pearl Jam before we got it. So we're watching Pearl Jam right now or Green Day. They're coming back on for their first one. Okay. So this is going to be round one. If, if, if it's a good concert, you get a couple. So maybe I can get a couple of these out of you. Okay. <laughs> right. I feel, I feel a difficult question coming. <laughs> no, so it's, it's this, you talked about confidence. So if the leader has to have confidence, I'm going to guess that by extension, one of their roles is to build confidence in reps. And it's not by just being like Saturday Night Live, you know, you say after me, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and everybody likes you. Is there like, I think right now, if there's one thing a leader can do is to build confident teams. Is there like one thing? Because we don't have time. Is there like, if, if you do one thing, do this to help build yeah. confidence?
1: Yeah. If everyone just heard what we talked about, Rob, Yeah. then the, the, the solution is very simple. If every manager just got coached on how to build their confidence and make it unconditional, you take this lesson and you coach your people on the same thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Managers have to coach their people on confidence. Here's the problem on a good day. We talked about it. Managers don't know how to coach. And most of the time they're coaching strategy or result, which by the way, you don't coach the result. You coach the process. You coach the who you coach, the how you coach the why. All right. So when we're talking about, uh, you know, the confidence part, this managers have no idea how to coach confidence because they've never been coached on how to on confidence. Managers have no idea how to coach fear because they've been, never been coached on fear. They mm. don't know how to coach their people on mindset or attitude because they've never been coached. It's interesting. To, um, and it's not even challenging. It's just having that right framework is the greatest breakthroughs you're going to get when you're coaching is not changing behavior. It's changing mindset. Because beliefs precede experience. You know, if you're a salesperson and you're like, I, I heard it before. Oh, I teach my salespeople always be closing, always be closing, always be closing. I said, stop telling them that. Change it to always be coaching. Okay? Always be coaching your customers because that's what they need most. Okay. Okay. Dude,
0: this is good. I am I just burned up. So that was encore one. Encore two, I got like three, but I'm only going to two. You've talked about so many things. Can you give, again, a, a soundbite on these two things? Okay, two things. Mm-hmm. You mentioned them. I, I would be doing our listeners a disservice if I didn't get your perspective on the same thing. If you're going to do one thing and it's about self-care and time management, you've mentioned Ooh. those a couple of times. I, we could do a whole episode on either one of them. Oh, okay? yeah. But what's the one thing if there's why, why do you need to worry about self care in ways you didn't used to? And the second one is, why is time management different now than it used to be? Okay. Got it.
1: So let's, let's, you know, it's, it's interesting because it really builds off the conversation we talked about that managers have to facilitate with their team. How are you taking care of yourself? How are you managing your day? How are you turning off at the end of the day? How are you still honoring the priorities in your home and taking and and honoring the time with your family? So, you know, that, that, that bleeds down to that, that self-care and time management. So, uh, you know, and listen, we can go through a million studies out there. It's very, very disheartening what you see. Uh, 47% of people now are suffering from some type of physical ailment since they've been working from home, whether it's lower back pain or shoulder pain or headaches. Um, I mean, 47% of people that didn't have issues before. Okay. That to me tells me that people aren't taking care of themselves anymore. And it was so easy when we could go outside and go to the gym and take a bike ride or take a walk. And granted, the summer's coming, but we need to do this all the time. And self-care is non-negotiable, okay? Boom. So so I'm not going to sh- sit here and share with you with my workout regimen, but I will no. share what I do every morning. Okay. And every morning what keeps me focused and keeps me positive is I have my daily routine, my morning routine. So I wake up at around 4.45, and uh, right before I get out of bed, You know, I do five minutes of of gratitude, which um, a friend of mine who's a cancer survivor actually taught me this. And I lie in bed for five minutes and I say, thank you, God, whatever God you believe in. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for, for my health. Thank you, God, for my beautiful wife next to me. Thank you, God, for a home. Thank you, God, for my eyes to see. Thank you, God, for my legs to walk. Thank you, God, for my three beautiful, healthy children. You know, and this level of gratitude is so important because it's only when they're taken away from us that when we really, really see how precious it precious it is and how much we value it. And after that, I um, before I get my tea or coffee, I go into my office. which you're in in now, and I sit down in this very chair. And now you can't see what I'm looking at, but I'm looking, it's a big window. And what I do is then I do meditation. I do 10 minutes of meditation. Now, before people think, oh, Keith, that's, you know, what are you talking about? Meditation, that sounds a little foo-foo there. No, 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 no. I'm talking about centering yourself. I'm talking about stopping. And how many times have you taken five or 10 minutes just to sit and breathe and clear your head of all the clutter? That's what I mean about meditation. Let me be specific. Sit in your chair, close your eyes, breathe through your nose, out through your mouth 40 times, deep breaths. I promise you that will make all the world of difference in your focus and your state of mind for the rest of the day.
0: We're going to stop there, man. Do you have like one final thought? This was so good, Keith, even better than I thought it would be. I'm so appreciative to you for a couple of reasons. Oh, I'm appreciative to you for what you've done for sales leaders around the world. You've made the sales leadership world a better place. I appreciate what you've done for me in my career. And right now I'm especially appreciative. You'd give an hour of your time for these sales leaders that oh, maybe, cool. you know, maybe you don't to help them. So in a final, is there a final thought? Maybe the biggest challenge you see right now or the final piece that you would tell these people that are given you and me an hour of their time to hear what you have to say. Is there like a final thought as they go about their sales leadership journey in this new and crazy era?
1: Yeah, I do actually. Um, people create the mindset. Mindset shapes behavior. Behavior defines culture culture determines success. So that is why the primary business objective every day is to make your people more valuable. So managers have to stop asking themselves every morning the wrong question. Don't wake up Mr. and Mrs. Manager and say, what am I going to do to reach my sales goals and my business objectives? That's the wrong question. The right question is, what am I going to do today to make my people more valuable today than they were yesterday. And that also includes me. I love that. Because if we're not growing, we can't expect our people to grow.
0: That we could not have ended better than that. Most, so much love to you Keith Rosen um how do how do our listeners connect with you I mean listen you got two books that should be must reading if you're a sales leader and you have not read I see it behind you you know coaching salespeople people to sales champions and if you've not read sales leadership I'm going to tell you right now go read them they are books that like I've, your first book I have read five or six times and it's dog-eared and marked up your second you still one like me huh <laughs> I, I bought your second one early because you were launching it and I, I I love that one that's fantastic um so yeah, they should read your books. But how do they get your content? Like you have regular content coming out every day, almost. That that's a, like I love it. It's so good. You've got eBooks. You've got all kinds of resources for people. How do they connect with you? How do they keep yeah. the conversation going? How do they, you know how, how do they tap into what you have to offer?
1: Absolutely. Since I have a lot more time in my hands and I'm not traveling two weeks out of every month, Rob. So it uh, just means I'm kicking out the content. But but right. Uh, actually, right now, and this is really important, I just developed two. Free online courses on Udemy. Okay. So if anyone wants to take advantage of these two courses, just go to my website, KeithRosen.com. You'll see the link in the banners. Click on them. It'll take you to a free pass. And the two courses are the courses that everyone needs most. The first course as a leader: how do you coach a remote sales team through a pandemic? Bam. Get the course. Okay. Second course for sales leader for salespeople. How to deliver the perfect presentation. How to coach rather than pitch. Both free courses get on my website. Register for my newsletter. And I want to go so far as to say, Robin, you know how I feel about this. I take this to heart. This is not just what I do, but it's who I am. Yep. Uh, for anyone out there who's really struggling and, 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 and doesn't have someone in their corner, because we all do better when we have someone in their corner, I'm always in your corner. So my personal email is kr at com, And my mobile number is 516-231-2774. If you need me, contact me. There's no reason for anyone to feel disengaged or alone or feel helpless. Okay. This is why I'm here. All
0: right, man. That's beautiful and Keith I'm going to go ahead and get a link from you on your website to those courses and we'll put it in the show notes as well oh, to make great. it easy to get there great. And, great. We'll take and also
1: to- and I, before I forget you know people for some reason they have this assumption connect with me on LinkedIn send me an invite okay we will connect that's how we're going to stay in touch
0: okay Keith thank you so much oh. uh <laughs> you know he's he is the guy that has written the book literally on coaching and uh if there's one thing that I would finish with You know, coaching is who he is. And if any of us can get one step closer to that, we are better off as leaders and our our teams that we lead will thank us for it. So Keith, as I say, always Um, to you, thank you for everything. And, And thanks for joining us, my friend.
1: Uh, Always a pleasure, Rob, and and thank you for the opportunity to work with you, and please continue the amazing work that you're doing and the impact that you're having on the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of leaders that, that you're impacting every day, and thank you for having me here so that both of us can continue our lifelong work of making an impact. So thanks, and I look forward to our next call.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves... Why did that conversation even matter? Keith Rosen, what a freaking legend. I love that man and I appreciate what he's done for our profession as sales leaders. And I can't tell you how grateful I am we had him here today. I think one of the things that makes him great is his emphasis on the person that makes up a salesperson. He's so authentic in how he works to connect rather than simply correct. Because I don't think there's any secret that our world is over-messaged. And that's one of the reasons I'm so proud to be working with Scipio because they help you connect with your customers wherever they are in a very real, very authentic way. If there's one thing Keith talked about today, it was being authentic. And there's no doubt that text messaging is the very best way to interact with clients and schedule more appointments. And Scipio's platform, I'm telling you, it's the most powerful, most personal one I've ever seen. I use it myself. I've had a lot of great things happen with it. And I can tell you the tech flat out works. It's that simple. If you haven't looked at Scipio, you need to go check it out. You know, every week I have more sales leaders tell me how Scipio's text platform is transforming how they interact with prospects and how they use it to create meetings that customers actually show up to. And with more meetings that hold, You're going to have way more opportunity to see your reps improve and create many, many more coachable moments. So if you're looking to engage more with your clients and also working to get more prospects to your demos and discovery meetings, start using Scipio. You'll be glad you did. I know the team personally, and I know they will give you an amazing experience. In fact, take advantage of a free month with no strings, compliments of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Head to Scipio.com and use the promo code SPRINGFREE, S-P-R-I-N-G-F-R-E-E. You'll be blown away just how quickly the right text platform can change the game for the members of your team. Listen, this show is also brought to you by my firm, the Jepson Performance Group. Sales leadership is more important now than it's been in the previous 10 years combined. Everything's changed. Keith talked about it all the show long. Right. We got new sales leaders, experienced leaders, and everyone in between. We've all had to change things. And Keith told us, you know, 76% have changed how they sell and only 17, I'm sorry, 76% have changed how they buy and only 17 have changed how they sell. So we got to make those changes. And, and while there's no shortcuts, right? You, we don't have to take the long way to get there. You don't have to figure things out the hard way. Um, everybody's spending billions on sales training, sales tools and sales process. But they leave us, the sales leaders, to figure it out on their own. If you like the content of this podcast, you're going to love my community for sales leaders, Sales Leadership United. I have hundreds of hours of training materials, lots of things if you want to be a do-it-yourselfer in your sales leadership journey. But if you want more than that, if you've never had a coach in your corner, now's the time to give it a try. The greatest performers in the world in every discipline, they invest in themselves. They've learned that you invest money to save time, Right? Let me help you add some lef- method to your leadership mat- madness, navigate the sales leadership maze faster than you thought possible, and let's get you to the elite status that you want faster than you may think possible. Now back to Keith. I- I've had very few repeat guests. I- I- in fact, I think Keith is very likely going to be the first Peter. He literally has written the books on sales leadership and sales coaching. I've read all of his work. I find him to be a must-follow if you want to raise your sales leadership game. Um, we talked a ton about really a big insights today. I love how we started with the bank. 76% of buyers have changed how they buy since the pandemic, but only 17% have changed how they sell. That's a big problem. And I hope you're asking yourself, have we changed how we sell quick enough? More important though, have you changed how you lead? Because almost every part of it, at least how it's done, how it's executed, has had to change. And coaching never, ever has been more important than it is right now. I believe Keith when he says that less than 1% of teams have a coaching culture. But coaching's got to be about connecting, not correcting. And that's what I love so much about Keith's approach. In fact, he goes so far as to call out the new number one corporate value. And he calls it love. And, and, and it's 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 about like this true care and connection for the people you work with. So here's what I want you to ask yourself. Are you focusing on the person and not just the salesperson? Your members of the team, they want to be supported. They don't want to be managed. And too many feel manipulated when they have that one-on-one. Keith talked about that. That was a real eye-opener for me. So please be very, very careful in making sure your reps find their interactions with you, building the relationship with them, and creating stronger and deeper relationships, not just focusing on the production. They've got to know you have their interests in mind in order to have that trust that you can help them. So make this about creating connection and then helping them do their best work so they can live their best life. The reason that the lines, the reason for this is because the lines between work and personal are really blurry right now, um, more than ever before. It's always, people have been talking about work life integration for a long time. But it's never more than it's been right now because everybody's in their home. Keith talked about that for a while as well. And so people that are focusing on the person and not just the work, they're the ones that are thriving right now. The number of great sales leaders, that was a small percentage of the total sales leaders before the pandemic. And with all the change that's happened as a result of it, that number of really great sales leaders has shrunk. But you can be one of them if If you can choose to be one of the people that shows up in a selfless way, does it consistently um, aligns your interests with their interests, you are on your way to being one of those rare elite sales leaders. now, to wrap this one up, I love how Keith talked about what coaching really is, and he spoke a lot about that This is an, in a this is an episode I hope you go back and listen to a few times. Everyone has a different definition of what coaching is. Uh, I thought it was really insightful that Keith pointed out that most people and most organizations don't have a universally accepted definition of what coaching is. So if you only get one thing from this episode today, I hope you'll go listen to Keith's definition of what coaching is because it's a killer definition and I hope you'll write it down. Coaching is the art of creating new possibilities. Right? It's not something that you do. It's not something that you do to someone. It's something that you are. Coaching is who you are. And I hope you got his simple strategies around fear and confidence and and the, those there's some great stuff in there. And, and and I and I love and it's a great way to end his definition of the new ABCs of sales. Instead of always be closing, it's always be coaching. And with no disrespect to Alec Baldwin or Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I prefer Keith's definition of the ABCs of sales leadership. So kudos to you, Mr. Rosen. Keith, we need more of you in the world today. Your message was one that every single one of us needed to hear, and I hope each one of the listeners goes back and deconstructs this one. The blueprint you shared today, it's fantastic. So thank you for sharing your approach to being a great sales leader, because he talked about being more than just a great coach. If you don't follow Keith already, fix that today. Both of his books are must-reads if you want to be the best leader you can be. Connect with him on LinkedIn. Subscribe to his newsletter. Listen to all he shares. Absolutely take his courses. You'll be a better leader as a result of consuming his content. And if you want the video of my conversation with Keith, you can find it in my Patreon community, Sales Leadership United. We'll have that and a number of the video snippets there as well. Thanks also to Scipio. If you haven't done so already, make sure you head over to Scipio.com and take advantage of their free one-month trial by using the offer just for yourself. You don't have to go ask anybody for permission. Go download that, put in spring free, and find out for yourself just how powerful it is when you communicate with your prospects the way they want to be communicated with. If there's one thing Keith talked about, it's that. Communicate with people the way they want to be communicated with. Find out all about Scipio by using the promo code SPRINGFREE and watch your results change faster than you may have thought possible. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. Listen, I hope you loved this episode with Keith. And if you did, hop out and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It goes a long way in helping me get the best guests in the world on our show and continue to bring you value every week. I think what makes Keith so great, among so many things, is his, you know, this genuine care he has for those he works with. The world we live in could use a little more care, could use a lot more kindness, and even more authenticity. And if you get those things right, I agree with Keith. The rest becomes much, much easier. So here's to a more authentic leadership experience for everyone we lead. And with that, be elite, live strong, and live with passion. And don't worry, just execute, because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the sales leadership podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of the sales leadership podcast is brought to you by the Jepson performance group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at dot gcom And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.